Welcome to the Aging Hipster Rewatch. I am Bob Serrano. Tonight is the first episode of the new season for the Rewatch. This year, we are going to be jumping around genres a bit. Each month, we are choosing a theme. This month is Rom-Com January. So get ready to open your hearts and call up that sassy best friend in tears. This week, we watch Clueless. So, okay, like right now, for example, the Hadians need to come to America. But some people are all, what about the strain on our resources? And it's like, when I had this garden party for my father's birthday, right? People came that, like, did not RSVP. So I was, like, totally bugging. I had to haul ass to the kitchen, squish in extra place settings, and, like, people were on mismatched chairs and all. But by the end of the day, it was like, the more, the merrier. And so, if the government could just get to the kitchen, rearrange some things, we could certainly party with the Hadians. Wow. You guys talk like grown-ups. Oh, well, this is a really good school. Mr. Hall was way harsh. He gave me a C minus. <laughs> well, he gave me a C, which drags down my entire average. Hello? There was a stop sign. I totally paused. You tried driving in platforms. Oh, should I write them a note? Ew! Get off of me! Cher's got attitude about high school boys. It's a personal choice every woman has got to make for themselves. Cher is saving herself for Luke Perry. Cher, you're a virgin? I mean, I'm not prude. I'm just highly selective. I mean, you see how picky I am about my shoes, and they only go on my feet. Nice stems. Thanks. What the hell is that? A dress. Says who? Calvin Klein. I'm gonna be a supermodel. What are you doing? Yo, you're getting on the freeway! Get on the freeway! Go, go. Are you okay? Uh, I'm fine. surgeon doesn't want me doing any activity where balls fly at my nose. Well, there goes your social life. I'm gonna be a supermodel. Joining me today, is it snowing up there, Toby? Uh, it was, but not right now. Oh, is the formerly snowed in uh, per, uh, co-host of the show, our own, very own Mr. Romantic, Toby Crines. Toby, you chose Clueless to watch. Why did you choose this movie? I think it's it's an amazing, like, dated piece of uh, memorabilia. And so joining us are a couple of people that watch this movie with us. You can hear them on the Jock Doc podcast. First up, it's London Smith, who has not watched the movie before. Yep. Welcome on to the show, London. Thank you. And Toby, I did have a question. So you, you're no longer snowed in. Is that, was that some political issue with the Edward Snowden situation? Or is that like I? Yes, absolutely. That pretty much uh, everything I'm going to reference today has to do with Edward Snowden. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just making sure. Yeah. So I just wanted to clarify for the listeners. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Also from the Jack Dog Podcast, it is Cameron Clark. Welcome, Cameron. Hey guys. Thank you for having us. And yes, thank you for you. being on. First, first, let's take a little bit of time and take care of some business. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Um, the Aging Hipster Rewatch is brought to you by the Aging Hipster Network. Keep checking out the multitude of shows I am pumping out and ignoring my family to create. 
this year uh we are premiering the dad lineal um also tacky with lorena vasquez as well as the hips uh, aging hipster podcast and rewatch and we are also brought to you today by the jock doc podcast london can you fix a broken heart uh not fi- it's more about um just getting those bodies through and generating revenue for us uh <laughs> fixing the heart That's is the only really way to- the goal but but we love you yeah, it's, our customers it's, it's sort of like how iphone's batteries are built to die after a couple of years this is how dr london approaches medicine mm-hmm. <laughs> getting it to a top-notch uh, yeah. level temporarily but guaranteeing returns you know well, London, I, the, I really appreciate that you took off your um, what your smock and your like, funny little hat, your doctor's yeah, hat, my tunic, and came yeah. on. Yep, uh, and the gloves. Uh, can you guys yeah. just really kind of give uh, a the lowdown staff. of what the Jock Doc podcast is all about? Yeah, so it's essentially um, uh, a medical education podcast. So we teach a medical topic each episode. We also um, share clinical anecdote and uh, these are real uh, anecdotes funny things that happen with patients in clinic and we also typically have a strange guest and a st- strange guest per episode and Cameron often will um, question things in such a way as to uh, make sure that it stays relatable to the average listener so uh, some would also call it an improvised comedy podcast with just a bit and of a premise. I, I function as sort of a heel, a little bit of a antagonizer. Well, fantastic. And where can they find your podcast? Uh, we have a handy website, jockdocpodcast.com. Um, we're also on social media as jockdocpodcast. Uh, and also behind um, the Waterburger, uh, Cameron usually stays in the parking lot there near the dumps. Well, oh. his office. Cameron, what are your office hours now? My office hours are 10 to 10, 15 a.m. P.m. Okay. is negotiable. And first off, let's give a little bit of background of the movie. Clues was released on July 23rd, 1995. The tagline was sex, clothes, popularity, whatever. It was written and directed by Amy Heckerling. Stars Alicia Silverstone, Stacey Dash, Brittany Murphy, and the ageless Paul Rudd. Of course. Yeah, he's been everything. Yeah. (laughs) He's 26 in this movie. He's so cute. Yes. Could have been 46. Um, (laughs) No difference. Uh, Yeah, every year he gets cuter. That smile of his. And he gets younger. Someday he'll Um, (laughs) be. Yes. (laughs) The budget for the movie was $12 million. It made about $10 million on opening weekend. It grossed $56 million in the U.S. And because we don't want our quality cinema leaving the shores, it only showed in the USA. Yeah, we got to keep it here. Yeah. Yes, we can't let them have this. We can't have <laughs> Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> no. It was released in 1995. And what was happening in 1995? Well, uh, Toby and I were both sophomores in high school. Toby just made the varsity basketball team, in fact. Mm-hmm. In other basketball news, Michael Jordan returned to the Bulls. <laughs> in uh, the national headlines, uh, the Oklahoma City Federal Building was bombed. Uh, the Los Angeles jury finds O.J. Simpson not guilty of mil- murder charges. The top oh. movies of the year were Babe, Braveheart, Leaving Las Vegas, The Usual Suspects, and Dead Man Walking. 
The Academy Award for Best Picture was Forrest Gump. The record of the year was All I Want to Do by Sheryl Crow. Mm, great record. It was. I, I do Ever- take issue with the movie never, ever, ever discussing the Oklahoma City bombing or OJ. It does mention Forrest Gump, but suspiciously <laughs> silent about the Oklahoma City bombing. Yes. I'm just saying. Oh, well, but uh, actually, I think um, Cher calls Paul Rudd uh, Kato, right? Yeah, she calls him Kato. Well, okay, I thought she but, said you called him Oklahoma City bomber. I I, I misheard it. <laughs> yeah, she's like whatever Timothy McVeigh, and right. um, yeah, they, and they they I think they cut that out the 20 minutes that they sat everybody down to have a real honest talk. With Beverly Hills High School students about <laughs> uh, domestic terrorism that was exactly. left out of the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah I right. think what I watched was the it, extended release VHS, uh, the the VHS extras, mm, so to yep. speak. So interestingly enough, the the uh, the promo uh, the, the trailer for that actually had a longer version of Cher's speech about Haiti um, that they they clipped down for the movie, and there, it was, apparently it was actually like two minutes long, and for the the, if if you watch the trailer, they include like a minute of it in the trailer, but then for the movie, you know, it's probably like thirty or forty seconds. Last kind of uh, trivia: the average cost of a new house was one hundred and thirteen thousand dollars. Average income was thirty nine thousand nine hundred dollars. Average rent five hundred fifty dollars, and the cost of a gallon of gas was a dollar nine. Those were the days. You're listening to the Aging Hipster Rewatch. All right, yeah. so let's let's get into the movie. Uh, I wanted to uh, start off with a lead-off question. If you came of age in the 90s, uh, this movie is kind of dripping with nostalgia. You know, I can almost taste my untarnished hopes and dreams here. I wrote down some very 90 things in the movies that came up in the movie. What is the most, uh, what Cher would call classic 90s reference? <laughs> so here's some of the stuff I came up with. All right. The totally terrible computer graphics on Cher's computer in the beginning oh, of the movie. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> sure. It's great. Yep. Yeah. That, I mean, the her her setup for her choosing the outfit is pretty advanced. Like, can, yeah, I, I, can thought, I get that now? I was, I was jealous. I was sort of jealous of that. The UI is terrible, but right. the actual functionality is kind of badass. I, I, you, I like yeah, it. You know what's cool is like it looked like they actually programmed that. Like they could have done some fancy video work, but it looked like it was actually a computer program that she was. Yeah, using. it really did. <laughs> like an old like Windows three point one yeah. or whatever. Uh, well, here's another thing. Uh, Nineteen ninety five was when Windows ninety five was released, so uh, they could have been using Windows ninety five technology for that. True. True. Wow. And they were rich, so they probably had like Windows yeah. ninety seven. <laughs> probably. Years. Yeah. Is Beverly Hills and time travel? Um, yeah. and, and like, I wonder, like, like how do they get the 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 like the skirts and all that kind of stuff uploaded into there? Well, is it through? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I just like it just through, broke everything. I'm wondering how I, you would do it now. <laughs> all of it. I was like, I now I just you could this. you could like 3D scan it and then use sort of like a Snapchat filter, like augmented reality to do it. Mm-hmm. But back then. At best, you could draw something that looked close to it in the computer, I guess, and then just like, <laughs> like in paint or something, and, and just create a million variations of it where it like fits on her body, like animation, I guess. Right. Like, remember they had the old programming thing with the turtle, like basic or something like that. 
Do you remember oh, that? Right, yeah. 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 Maybe it was just like that. She's just like paying some <laughs> some uh, poor computer programmer to do that for her. Yeah. So she has it ready. All right. So that was one thing. The next thing that I noticed was gigantic mobile phones everywhere. They're all big and black and they're going to give you a concussion if you hit. So, so somebody. that was on my list, but not only that, it's the cell phone joke. Cause 1995 oh. was like pre cell phones for most of the world, including me. I got my first cell phone in 2002. Um, so this was like way before everyone had cell phones and ba- uh, Brady Bunch movie came out or I don't know the year, but it was somewhere around there. And they had a bunch of cell phone jokes too. And the joke was like, Hey, everybody has cell phones. <laughs> like that was the joke, you know? <laughs> so that to me, that joke struck me as like a period piece for that era, you know? Uh, yeah. Because only in Beverly Hills would they have everyone have a cell phone. Exactly. Yep. And the part where it, well, the, the phone holder, she had a phone holder. It's very similar to the ones that I see for iPhones now. Like she hand, it's just like the one little strap on it, kind of like a handbag or a purse. And I, once again, I thought <laughs> this is popular now. This is not dated. <laughs> <laughs> or this is a really good idea. Yeah. I need to get one. Yeah. Someday. <laughs> All right. Number three that I have is pagers. I remember having a pager. But yeah. now nobody's. I never had one, but uh, that was very dated. And the funny thing was, so Cher had one, and uh, her friend had one, but they would like all. They also had cell phones, so it wasn't clear to me why they were paging each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and pagers are definitely one of those things that are very, very uniquely in its period of time. Because you could definitely say like the old Windows ninety five computer graphics or like the huge mobile phones are early iterations of things to come, whereas pagers only existed for this really tiny pocket of time, like relatively tiny, right. like a decade, right? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And yeah. even less, I think. It couldn't, like, its its only purpose was dependent on the person you're trying to reach not owning a cell phone. So the second everyone had a cell phone, it, it right. just instantly obsolete, you know? So, like, yeah. to me, like, that is definitely, like, so definitively, like, 1995. Except hospitals. Those doctors, oh. I, it depends on the doctor now, but uh, I know doctors who still, they'll take their pager in to whatever, you know, uh, cell phone carrier and they'll have to either buy one, go and fix whatever. And people there will be surprised and not know what to do about it because they still. They have to bring <laughs> out one of those old credit card yeah. machines that's like, just why would they do that? Uh, why would they use the credit card machines or why would they? (laughs) Well, they're only making half a million dollars a year. I mean, they can't afford a, a, you know, a galaxy S five. Yeah. Yeah. You got a budget. Yeah. You know, but even like the cheap flip phones had, I mean, you just needed to see who's calling. I'm not saying you have to answer it, but like sure seems simpler. Yeah. I'm, I, I can't tell you why a doctor, do, well, why those doctors do what they do. I, a lot of them do like the disconnect from technology, though, whenever they can, or the disconnect from yeah. the obligation if they can, if they can avoid being. Uh-huh. Is it more reliable? Uh, it's more just like you get I the know. small messages and you can get those through text, like most people, mm. like most clinicians do now, yeah. or you can get <laughs> some of them via your pager. So. 
So that oh. that reminds me when I used to work in politics, uh, I I had a cell phone. That was 2002 when I bought my cell phone, but I did not tell the political people that I had the cell phone. <laughs> and so instead, I they either couldn't find me or they had to call whoever was with me because um, I did not want to give them my cell phone. <laughs> and this phone. is another Snowden reference, correct? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> <Spending> <laughs> <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> have any of you guys ever owned a pager? Because I actually have. I wow. I was five when this movie came out, so that kind of gives oh, you. No. I'm I'm five, <laughs> ju- I'm just turned thirty recently. Oh no! So um, yeah. by the time I was old enough, like my first phone would have been, I th- it would have been like a pay a pay as you go flip phone, probably in two thousand and four or five. I think. Yeah, I think I was. So and so yeah, definitely past the the era of the pager, but my dad definitely had a pager. So I was, you know, around it. For me, I right. was at least work. I I was auditioning for a Pepsi commercial that year, I think. So, <laughs> and you had your pager there just yeah. in case. Well, Pepsi I just was I was just... busy. Uh, you know how that is when you're five years old and going. Yeah, just people got to yeah. reach you. <laughs> oh man, I remember my pager, and I only had it for a short time because I got so upset because people kept on paging me. And I was just like, this is terrible. Like, I don't want to talk to you. And I just like ran it. I like stopped my car on the side of the road and like ran it over. And I was done. Uh, <laughs> we we really as a society did not realize that constant availability is more of a curse than it is something positive. You know, isn't it? It almost really is. It, it, we just did not think that through at all. <laughs> yeah. It's like, God forbid you miss a text or something right. or like, or you're 10 minutes late and they're just like, what's wrong with you? Is everything okay? It's like, Oh, I just lost you have my to phone. tell them. No, yeah, no, I'm not okay. <laughs> I, yeah. Why did you rescue me? Today. You have to come up. You have to come up with a better reason than I just didn't want to reply back. Oh my God. Yeah, leave me alone. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's continue on. Number four. Elton uh, told Mr. Hall, I forgot my crane, uh, cranberry CD in the quad. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, uh, yeah, God, we're related to that. In 1995, DVDs were announced as a thing. Oh, nice. So they, didn't, they didn't exist before this movie was created. But see, this is the time, like the glory days of the CD book. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. When, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you were judged as per like your CD book. Yeah, and you had a CD player in your car if you were really cool enough to have a car. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Number five, all the plaid and flannel in the in the movie. Definitely very nineties, very nineties, but also very today. I feel like I feel like that's one of those things. uh, There's been a number of nineties nostalgia things that have really taken hold over the last you know six or seven years mm-hmm. but definitely i feel like the like red panel open you know over maybe like a band shirt underneath it i feel like i see that all the time hmm. you know what i hope so because now i'm cool again it's almost <laughs> like it's, it's coming around full circle uh number six and the mighty mighty boss tones oh god yeah that was great great 90s mm-hmm. reference in one of the weakest uh, stage dives ever <laughs> like, <laughs> I noticed oh, yeah. that. there were like eight people there to catch him <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering like, how uh, much of a joke, but yeah, that great leap. I was curious about being too young to like 
understand it on a cultural level at that time. My familiarity with the Mighty Mighty Boston's begins and ends with the impression that I get. Like that's the only song by them I'm aware of. Yeah, no, that's the only song. But the the thing about it, the was Boston, that sort of the joke was that they were like this one hit wonder. No, and, and, no, no, they were big at the time. Um, the thing is, the whole ska scene was like like yeah. they were part of that. Like you yeah. Know, I, there were a couple of bands that like uh real big fish i think had a few hits um and there was one or two other bands but uh like it was a thing then and it was like hey the boss tones are in it and you know that like they actually get a good like minute or two of like actual music playing. oh yeah no no it was it was a scene like it, mm-hmm. it wasn't just background noise at all yeah sometime in the mid 90s um bands that had horns really came back again because not only yeah. Was there like real big fish? There's uh, also like the swingers era and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you had like all those uh, big bad uh, voodoo daddy. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. So it was kind of of the time that yeah. uh, there's a lot of exposure for those kinds of bands. Can you guys think of anything else that I might have missed? Uh, I think like like one thing that like is clear that doesn't exist in this movie is the internet. Like oh, you know, yeah, there's yeah. not a mention to it. There's nothing in there that. It, <laughs> indicate people are reading yeah books, i was really confused know? if the paper <laughs> oh yeah or, or getting lost yeah. with the map yeah, for yeah. sure oh man i remember like you had to have a map of your like uh, kind of nearest city metro area to find oh, your yeah. way anywhere oh yeah oh yeah oh, no. all the pay phones oh yeah. yeah yeah like i i remember when my family finally got a tom tom like those old yeah. like independently right. standing gps devices yeah um and that was just sort of just co- completely blew my mind that you could even do that you know yeah mm-hmm. it's like why does this computer know where we're going dad, <laughs> dad. Yeah, a little creepy but yeah let's get back let's get to the plot the the movie follows the adventures of Cher horowitz 16 years old young high school social uh young high school socialite as she makes friends and eventually finds love her best friend is dion who is dating a high school boy named Murray. And early in the movie, Cher's father, uh, Mel, I forgot the guy's name, but I've seen him in a ton of stuff. He's a rich lawyer, tells her that her ex-stepbrother Josh is coming over. But, and Mel makes sure to say, and so she was like, oh, I don't know. Like, he's my ex-stepbrother. Why is he coming over? And he's like, you divorce the wife, but not the kid. (laughs) And this is going to be pretty interesting later. So really? (laughs) <laughs> definitely definitely one of those lines that seems like uh it's it exists really just to set up a plot point rather than something you would ever hear someone say in real life you know <laughs> right, yeah. right. okay so my question right now is the love between josh and Cher taboo because everyone is sort of encouraging this no i mean i think the movie goes out of its way to stress that it's not like there's like five lines in a row where she's like but you were barely married to her mom only for a short period and then at a certain point josh says like oh dad number five like they really go out of their way to make to make sure you know they're barely step siblings ex step siblings you know yeah i don't think the step nature is taboo but the age to me you know she's 16 and he's 22 maybe i don't know 21 no i think he's supposed to be a, a freshman right yes he's supposed to be 18 oh i thought he was going into uh law school aspiring yeah but it's like yeah it's like uh when you're a freshman in college toby and you were telling people you're going into all this stuff you know like, oh, got it. yeah i was gonna be a, the next howard stern yeah 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 instead of like i'm just getting my history degree and getting out of here you know? <laughs> okay 
You know, there, I, I feel like there was some throwaway line or something that something led me to believe that he was like just gone to college. But right, I, I ended up looking it up somewhere on the internet, which of course can be trusted, and it did say course, eighteen. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's assume that. <laughs> so it's not that taboo, which is also pretty reminds me of high school where it seemed like every girl in your class was dating somebody older. Yeah. Um, yeah it's always <clears> the <throat> object. Cause then they talked every... about the differences between college girls and high school girls, mm-hmm. why he'd be interested right. in one versus the other, the makeup situation. Oh yeah. Well that, that was, that kind of stuff was definitely a joke because I have seen this movie a number of times. I mean, this was this mm-hmm. was sort of a staple of like 2 p.m. on a Saturday on the WB type of movie, you know, like they just played this movie all the time. And so I, would, I think a joke maybe I didn't realize as a kid is that these lines that she's drawing between like high school boys and college boys are completely mm-hmm. arbitrary like now on the other <laughs> on the other side of that age group it's yeah. kind of like oh no it's all the exact same like yeah. <laughs> he's 18 versus like being 17 and it's this <laughs> huge difference because that's how it felt back then right and then right. When you get past it you're like oh no you're just all children <laughs> yeah, yeah but it's yeah. yeah go ahead so sorry about no that. i was gonna say but i was definitely it seems so significant at the time i totally yeah. agree with that well, we were talking about uh, Star Wars movies and Padme and uh, Anakin, and I, <laughs> like their differences. Uh, I forget how many exact years, but like I was thinking, like when I was twenty-two, like a twenty-six-year-old seemed ancient. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, yeah, <definitely>. gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, all right. So continuing on in debate, um, Cher gets a C, which she really takes personally, and she decides. To improve her uh, grade, she's going to get her teacher, uh, played by Wallace Shawn, Mr. Hall, laid to improve her grades. So she goes through a sweet and successful a scheme to hook up Miss Geis and Mr. Hall. And so my question is, is it ethical for Mr. Hall to change everyone's grades because he is getting laid? <laughs> <laughs> Morals and ethics. <laughs> because, it, like, so, okay, so they got a report card, right? So was that just a midterm grade? Yeah, I don't know. Or, yeah, I'm pretty sure was it was because he, uh, her dad at one point asks, did you retake a midterm? Hmm. When she was saying, like, I raised my grade just by arguing, he kind of goes through a list of questions. Like, did you do extra credit? Did you blah, blah, blah? Did you retake a midterm? So I think it is just like, it's in the middle uh, of the year and she's see, just, you know, pulling it, strings. It, it could be, but I, I mean, there, there's a lot of, I, I watched this thinking it was the final grade. And I think yeah. this is just one of those things where like, this is movie magic. They change grades after the fact in this universe. <laughs> right. And mm-hmm. I also have to say, Mr. Hall's kind of uh, playing fast and loose with, uh, with the rules because <laughs> not only did he change everyone's grades, um, but he he's, he seems to spend a lot of time just like standing up there and yelling at uh, people <laughs> in his class, like reading out their tardies and stuff like that. You know? Oh yeah, his, his relationship with the students is very interesting. Like how willing he is to let uh, um, Brecken Meyer's character, the skateboard right. guy, I can't remember yeah. the character's yeah. name. How willing uh, he Travis. is to yeah give up, go up and like give this jokey speech. <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, it's, it seemed kind of cool to me, you know. Yeah, uh, that was and only. Go ahead, Toby. Oh, I was just—that was the funniest part of the movie for me when he gives that speech about the tardies. <laughs> yeah, and he thanks McDonald's, all the yeah. team members. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, 
so all the grades get changed and everyone is cheering her and Cher <laughs> is on top of the world. Um, so encouraged by her success, she decides to befriend a tragically unhip new girl, Ty, played by Brittany Murphy. Even though Dion is sort of a bitch about this. I gotta say, I don't even like Dion. Like she's just sort of a she is just sort of a jerk the whole time. But anyways, they gave her a makeover, get her popular, and try to keep Ty away from local bad boy skateboarder Travis. Because mm-hmm. Cher is uh that's because she's looking to hook Ty up with Elton. This goes badly as Elton, who's been um seriously sexually harassing Cher all movie, <laughs> yeah. is not into Ty. <laughs> you know, that's a, like I, I, I'll pause, but like you guys saw that too. It was pretty blatant that I don't know how Cher didn't uh, kind of pick that up. Like it, it, it picked up that he was into her or that he yeah. was sexually harassing her. <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was one thing that I kind of picked up on was just like the tone of him, like kind of, uh, you know, not listening to her in the car and all that kind of stuff yeah. was very played very jokey, which you could not do today. No, like, it was no. kind of contrasting it to that scene in um, eighth grade. That's a, a similar situation, but like a completely different tone. I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's kind of probably closer to how it really is. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, that's tr- that's interesting because it is very nineties where they're just sort of like, oh, that's boys being boys. Yeah, it's like kind of like a bit that he's like, ah, I, I know you're into me. As yeah, opposed, uh, you know, Toby, did you have something? Uh, just very that I agree. Very dated that whole like uh, that does not uh, like I watched it today with my eight year old and the scene where he kicks her out of the car was just really awkward for me sitting there with my eight year old. Like, Ugh, I should probably yeah. explain what happened to my daughter here. <laughs> but then you just like me or not. We'll just continue on. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I was very I, afraid for how, what was going to happen when the guy mugging her told her to lay down. <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> it's already too much here. <laughs> it it turns very dark London. No one told you that, you know, Yeah, <laughs> I was relieved that we got to a payphone scene. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that would be, I mean, another thing to bring up in terms of something that's very dated and very nineties is payphones. Yeah. You always yeah. had to have change in your pocket. Yeah. yeah, or call collect. Yeah, just you if you had to reach someone, you well, had to guaranteed you had to hold a disgusting toy to your face, which is always nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and did you ever do the trick where you you call like someone collect and say Toby McDonald? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, and you had to really be strategic about stuff. So, like yeah. for instance, like Toby, Toby and I were. Uh, hanging out during this time, and we sometimes have to be like, okay, it's three fifty, and I know that he was at Bill's house about twenty minutes ago, so I think he's going to be at this place right now. And then you call, you know, and it's it's right. sort of you kind of lose that these days because now you just it's all instantaneous. Yeah, yeah we we used to drive around looking for each other. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, whole days you're just driving around, driving. holding up your physical map. You know, yeah, we go from house to house and be like, okay, nobody's nobody's at Colin's house. Let's go to Bill's house. Nobody's there. Let's go to Colburn's. Oh, let's check out Bob's. Yeah, and be like, oh, I guess no one's around. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how much time I did? How much time I used to leave? Like, I used to a lot, uh, I don't know, like 30 minutes or even an hour just like for, for getting lost because I don't know the way all the way. <laughs> Like sometimes this would happen. I'm going to a new place and I'm thinking, 
well, I'm not going to find it on the first try. It's, it's going to be a process. Uh, the worst was like trying to like get on a freeway in the map. It all looks like you can get on the freeway, but you get there and it's like an overpass. <laughs> Just like, ah. Well, that I mean, that ends up being sort of a plot point of the movie. Exactly that. Yeah. Getting on the freeway. What? No turn right. Oh, get out of the lane. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, okay. okay get prestigious. Just oh. get out of the lane. It's rough. start kissing and she loses her technical virginity on <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, technicality yeah. <laughs> yeah okay so they let's see so we kind of talked about the party in the valley and kind of the falling out from that um where Cher is left in a valley parking lot somewhere gets mugged has to call josh to pick her up and josh picks her up with his uh, with his fancy college girlfriend, and they talk about stuff that you know. I was in college. I don't think I ever talked about like kind of hoity-toity stuff like that. But anyways, that's besides the point. But you never dated a woman like that. That was quite the woman. That's true. I I, I would done anything. I would talk about whatever. <laughs> Just give me a chance. Just give me a chance. Uh, how do you fix a broken heart, Doctor? Anyways, mm-hmm. um, question. My next question. Uh, if you were throwing a high school party in the 90s in the Valley, what's the one song you would play that would bring the house down? <laughs> Options from 1995. The Macarena. Yeah. From Los Del yeah, Rio. Classic. Classic. Yes. Because it has the whole dance too. And oh, yeah. like you could, yeah. yeah, pretty soon everyone's dancing and mm-hmm. you're like shaking your hips around. Yeah. It's the um, cha-cha slide of its time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Run Around by Blues Traveler. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's more of the classic. Yeah. Just Water. that classic jam band feel, mm-hmm. you know? That's yeah. definitely something harmonica. that has not aged super well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Waterfalls by TLC. Oh, yeah. Classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where you show the girl that you mean and, well. And the Weird Al version, Don't Go Chasing Phony Phone Calls. Of course. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Essential. Kiss from a Rose by Seal. And Boombastic by Shaggy. Yeah. Toby. What do you think? Uh, well, what came to mind for me was uh, uh, Santeria. Oh, Sublime. Yeah, that's a great song. Mm-hmm. I think that came around around 95. Uh, I still... I uh, in Richmond, Illinois, and my, bro- my brother Noah was explaining to me that it was ska <laughs> that I was listening <laughs> to. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Every time I drive by um, uh. a taqueria or anything like that, I've trained my brain... To always start doing dun, dun, taqueria. And it, it's never helped yeah. me, but I have to think that someday it will. <laughs> it's like in med school yeah, trying to come no, up with a mnemonic based on a song, but the song, like it yep. just, like, it's, I also do for diarrhea. Dun, 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 and <laughs> <laughs> hasn't helped, uh, uh, but I'm hoping someday uh, it might. It will. It's got to. 
Cameron or London, yeah, f- what so, song would you throw in? So from that list, if we were going to go off of that list, I would probably pick Waterfalls because that's just a, I mean, that's just a great song. And that is a movie or that's a song that's like, I don't know. I feel like everyone loved it then. Everyone still loves it now. It's just one of those songs. It's hard to get everyone to agree on like a top 40 pop song and not hate it aggressively. That's one of the Mm. things that people get really mad about. I just remember everyone I knew, even as (laughs) I'm not saying maybe in 1995, but let's say when I was in elementary school a few years later, that was a jam. Mm -hmm. Great song. (laughs) Huge jam. Yeah. Uh, Followed by no scrubs in elementary school. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. We are forgetting a few more. Okay. Because one of my go to karaoke songs would be Roll to Me by Delamitri, which is uh, not that popular, but it's one of those ones that you kind of recognize if you hear it at karaoke. Wonderwall. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wonderwall's yeah. a great one. Yeah. I was thinking, I mean, the Gangsta's one you... Paradise. I was thinking of that because I'm pretty sure that was 94 yeah. or 95. Also a Weird Al right. classic. Yep. Yeah, also a Weird Al classic. <laughs> Probably his most classic. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Weird Al's really going to be able to seal the deal at the high school party, but maybe, <laughs> maybe at our parties, Toby, and maybe uh, that was part I, of the problem. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think the the Macarena is the the one for me that lands the strongest, in part because, uh, especially well in high school, uh, whenever I heard any rap song come on, anything that I uh, was not introduced to as much at the time, I would do the macarena to whatever rhythm i was hearing uh and that right. was always that was my my move <laughs> i remember this yeah uh-huh. my signature move uh, one of them yeah the great so move. when you're uh doing rap battles you're ra- you're rapping the macarena to them <laughs> yeah well my motion my body is doing that no i'm going hard <laughs> your body's doing the rapping is what is what we're getting at my body is oh, yeah. rapping yeah like a christmas <laughs> Oh, I think that's probably. The, I think I'm with you. The Macarena. That's probably the one that's going to get everybody off the off their seats and <laughs> into choreographed motions, like mm-hmm. uh, at the clueless party. Oh yeah, so like I would have loved to see that at this house party in the valley. Like, <laughs> yeah. Everybody starts Macarena. We yeah. had at the at the peak of the Macarena. My elementary school. I guess I would have been in second grade at this point. We had the entire school do the Macarena on video for America's Funniest Home Videos. We did not make it on there because it's not funny. Like, there's no (laughs) no joke to it. All right, let's let's continue on. So Christian is finally introduced into into the equation. He's a well-dressed piece of chum, and Cher does her best Jaws impression. But there's a problem. He's gay. Um, but he's a whole lot of fun and dances all night to, at the Mighty Mighty Boston's party where in the background, Ty and Josh start to dance a little bit. Um, the next day or a couple days after, they go to the mall. Another really strong 90s reference where he just went to the mall to hang out. Yep. And Ty has a near-death, quote-unquote, experience, which causes her to be tremendously popular because she's like talking about it all throughout at school. And Cher's bummed out. Uh, about Christian and ties kind of big time and share a little bit, which kind of pisses her off. Uh, soon after share flunks her driving exam returns home and she returns home to see Ty flirting with Josh. Ty announces she's going to go uh, after Josh, which share tries to talk her out of with a whole bunch of stuff, 
an argument ensues. In the end, Ty calls Cher a virgin who can't drive. I was like, why am I even listening to you to begin with? You're a virgin who can't drive. Oh, that was way harsh, Ty. Oh, Ooh. harsh. Yeah. <laughs> right. The nuclear wow. option. Wow. That's the jersey right there. Yeah. yeah. But so my question, Cher is a good person overall, even if she's totally clueless. Um, at least that's how I feel. How do you guys like the Cher, uh, character of Cher Horowitz? Let's start with Toby. Yeah, I think uh, she's. I think she's good at. She's a, she's a nice person deep down. Um, where I think you pointed out, like some of the other characters are not so much. Um, so I, I I I buy it, Cameron. Uh, I completely agree. I think even her motivation, like her her motivation for uh, helping uh, Brittany Murphy's character, who have lost now, uh, but her motivation for helping her, even though it was incredibly shallow, like it was very much a she dresses a certain way that we don't like. She's she's not going to be as popular if she likes this guy. Blah blah blah. It did seem to be kindly motivated, and that was in the first part of the movie before she even got better. You know. So it, yeah. it seemed like she was always kind of purely intentioned, just, you know, shallow and, and having the attitude of a 16 year old raised with, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever the <laughs> net worth is. No, that's that's very true, because they even become like really good friends anyways. Yeah, regardless. genuinely. It's not like a, it's not even like a mean girls type of situation where there seems to be like ulterior motives going on or anything like that. Like it, it's. It was it was very uh, well intentioned, right? In London, yeah, I'd seen very much defined by uh, like she seemed to have good intentions from the start, but it seemed like she didn't really discover that true character of hers until uh, finally her culture changed. Because at first she was only surrounded by uh, her very superficial sort of groups and hierarchies that she understood, and then by the end of the movie, she's introduced to these. I guess what I call college concepts of like there are things beyond her world uh, mm-hmm. par- in part because of the ex step brother uh, and the, uh, the sort of attitude and like slight judgment that comes across that it's like, okay, maybe there's a, a different way to approach things. And once, yeah, once she, uh, I guess sees it as, um, sees the good things to do and then sees in herself the faults. Like once she realizes it, she goes gung ho for fixing, uh, like improving herself and the world around her. So yeah, in her own way, of course, such as yeah. donating uh, caviar to, was it right. Bosnia? Right. right. Wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so who do you that think? That was a great joke. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, a follow-up question. Who do you guys think is the worst person in this kind of group in Beverly in this Beverly Hills High School? Uh, the worst stuck-up piece of trash. Well, that one guy who tries to molest her in the car <laughs> tries to rape her. Yeah, that was definitely probably going to be up there. No, that's true. Yeah, between him and were... the one who holds her up at gunpoint. <laughs> 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 I'm not sure. I guess who that's wins fair out. enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there there is a couple of levels there. There's the people that are committing felonies, and then there's kind of just the jerks out there. Um, <laughs> uh, you had mentioned before that you disliked um, Stacey oh, Nash's character. 
Yes. Uh, so Dion, um, even though they stay friends through the whole thing, like Dion just seems like really just not like you're right where Cher is always kind of at the core. She's a pretty good girl. You know, she's a good person. You know, she might just have a lot of money and just might be totally just like living in a different world. But Dion is very judgmental. Um, she wears all these crazy hats and like she just doesn't she just seems really just so fake you know that it's just not my my cup of tea like i think um i used to dream a lot about like if i was in that high school i bet share would would actually like maybe wave at me once in a while i don't think dion would at all no you know yeah, that's accurate mm-hmm. yeah she would she would probably like run me over with her car <laughs> and like although so know. would share totally. yeah it took a little pushing obviously but Cher was you know even willing to go to uh travis's like skateboard thing yeah. very quickly it took very right. little prodding for her to be like oh okay i'll do this yeah yeah so maybe she would have gone to my band place yeah see my maybe band play. Exactly. yeah if you had asked but would you I like have asked no. oh that's that's true but you've thought to <laughs> I might have. I mean, excuse me. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you have a flyer. Well, I play bass. That yeah, is I true. Play bass. Travis had a sort of confidence to him that I kind of appreciated because he's kind yeah. of held to like sort of a, uh, yeah. I mean, he's part of the stoner on the freaks and geeks scale. You know, he's part of right. the freaks or whatever. But he has zero problem interacting with anyone or cracking jokes in front of the class. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, totally. At first, it was just because he was high all the time. But then he's sober. So it's just yeah. who he is. Hey, want to throw out another 95 reference. Uh, Lauren that? Hill went for the role of Dion. Didn't get it, obviously. Oh, oh wow. really? And that was, I mean, that was at her, like, peak yep. cultural mm-hmm. stance. By the way, have you ever heard the Lauren Hill Unplugged album? Yes. Freak, one of the best albums ever. Yeah, that 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 was definitely one that, uh, for whatever reason, I had a few friends in high school who would play that album obsessively. But not as danceable as the Macarena. Never. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> definitely not that. Un- that unplugged album is when she like found Judaism, and it's like it's very uh-huh. good, but it's an extremely religious acoustic album. Probably mm-hmm. not the best for dancing. That's <laughs> still a very fantastic record. Well, and like, Great for like, lecturing, just not the best for d- compared to the Macarena. Whenever the Macarena's on the table, on the <laughs> oh right, 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 yeah. And you're debating should I, uh, which one should I dance to? You're gonna gravitate <laughs> yeah. a little bit more towards the Macarena. Yeah, of course. On any other scale, it's the best dance album of all time. But compared <laughs> to the right. Macarena, yeah. When you bring that up, yeah. Okay, so Cher realizes during this whole thing that she loves Josh. And as we said before, he's 18, so it's not that bad. It's not that bad at all. Uh, She feels awkward and tries to be a better person. She helms the Pismo Beach uh, relief stuff, which is great. Um, But then then she tries to watch the news, which doesn't go so well. Um, During this time, she goes to Travis's skateboarding thing and... Ty and her and Ty and Cher, uh, they make up, and Ty and Travis become a thing, and Cher allows it. Finally, we get to the end where Josh and Cher are doing some legal work for Cher's dad. Cher makes a mistake, um, causing the lawyer that was there to freak out at her, and Josh jumps to her defense. Afterwards, they admit their feelings to each other, 
and kiss. You're young and beautiful and 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 uh well what you think I'm beautiful uh, yeah you, you know you're gorgeous all right <laughs> and popular and uh, and but this is not why I you know I come here this is a good learning experience for me So the question is, um, would you pay Mel Horowitz $500 an hour if you knew so much of the legal work was being done by a 16 and 18 year old? Uh, hmm. no. I would take the guy with the, the, with the straps holding his pants up. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I definitely would take huge amounts of issue with that. But that said, that guy who was yelling at them and being like, you messed up. I'm going to get chewed out for this. Why is he trusting? Like, why is he not <laughs> right. double checking the work of the sixteen-year-old? Like, what? Like, he he's trusting a teenager that he is vocally not trusting. <laughs> just double check the work, man. Like, just 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 read it. Well, and I love that the eighteen-year-old guy is like, "Don't worry, you didn't ruin the case." <laughs> <laughs> and I know I'm a freshman in college. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah just wise oh man so wise <laughs> just trying to get some yeah it's like i'll totally fix it whatever you know? <laughs> yeah, i'll fix it <laughs> it's like yeah don't worry i got you know he's just trying I'll to go. blame the other guy yeah, yeah. nowadays whatever mistake they would make would then turn into like a serial type podcast where they're having <laughs> mm-hmm. to undo all of the <laughs> wrongs that the lawyers did <laughs> that's right <laughs> a Netflix special to follow. Yeah, it's making a murderer because s- some lawyer let his daughter like watch the case. Uh, what did Cher oh, do? <laughs> a man imprisoned for twenty years because Cher, a sixteen-year-old, ruined the case. <laughs> oh my God. All right, so let's talk about our overall thoughts on the movie. Uh, let's start with London, because London, you came, this is the first time you saw the yeah. movie. So what do you think? Uh, well, the previews definitely, because I had seen previews for it, and mostly I saw the yellow dress and heard the words, as if, and then I was like, well, this doesn't <laughs> yeah. look that good. <laughs> this, this, <laughs> what, what they're advertising doesn't look appealing to me. So uh, that that's why I never bothered watching it. But uh, no, once uh, once Paul Rudd was introduced, I mean, also uh, what's his name? Um, Dion's boyfriend, uh, Don- uh, Donald Faison. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Turf. of course, recognize him from Scrubs. So once I saw him, once I saw Paul Rudd, and I was like, okay, well, it's gonna be good. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll very forgive. It had a nice. 
uh nice character arcs for everyone i thought like a lot of development um yeah it was a it was a solid movie wow cameron uh yeah i mean i I, like I said before, I've seen this movie a number of times over the years. I also grew up with an older sister, and this was a movie that she would watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, mm-hmm. you know, it was just always on TV. And um, but I, I, this is the first time I've watched it as an adult, and I will say I think I appreciate it a lot more now as an adult than I did as a kid. Because I think, sort of like I was saying before, like when you come when you come at it from a kid, you're viewing these people as like way older and kind of cooler than you even though it's a joke you know it's a joke right but like i don't think it registers the same as kind of watching as an adult and seeing how much of a joke everything is and also just like little cute moments like you had mentioned before the uh um when she was sitting with josh and like watching the news with him but she had decided that she it was in love with him and so she was acting like all awkward and stiff and blah 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 blah. i thought that was like a really cute moment that was extremely relatable you know like the only mm-hmm. thing that's changed in their relationship is something internal in her own brain, but it, it manifests itself in this kind of like awkward conversation between, them. you know, I mean, stuff like that, that I can like relate to a little more as an adult. I really enjoyed. And so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a great movie. It's a classic. Like it's, I would say it's like really, it's very clearly influential on this kind of um, specific j- subgenre of rom-coms, like the, the kind of teen focused kind of very, very goofy, style you know how about you toby yeah i actually laughed out loud at one part where uh it was towards the beginning and she's talking about something serious and then she goes oh she's trying to uh fix up the teacher mr hall with someone else she's looking Mm -hmm. around the room and she's talking about there's the gym teacher there and then she sees a snickers bar she's like oh there's a snickers bar (laughs) (laughs) like i I did like that i i agree yeah i agree with everything that's that that uh cameron in uh, london said like it's great. Uh, you know, it, I also think like it's it's hard to like watch it without uh, talking about for me, like the it was like a seminal, like cultural moment for some subset of teenagers like myself, like uh, Alicia Silverstone. This movie catapulted her into like a list celebrity for a handful of years. She got the Batman role. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, um, she was mm-hmm. huge after this. And like, uh, I think London or mentioned like the, as if that's from this movie. And you know, th- there were like words and phrases from this whatever. Movie. Yeah. Whatever. whatever. And even the word clueless, like, I, like these are things that the movie basically injected into pop culture for a while. Yeah. Um, it really, like, I would say like the, the closest equivalent to me in London's age group would be mean girls. Mm-hmm. Cause mean girls yeah. has like had this, it's like it's retained over the last 15 years this sort of like attitude and it's coined a lot of like phrases and memes and you know all these different things and that's i i remember clueless kind of having that position back then and it was fun watching it earlier today and like being reminded like oh yeah this was like a really really important movie to a lot of people and still is you know oh yeah totally because it like toby said like you're watching it and you're just like you know we would have been in the same classes them and clueless Mm-hmm. and so it's like one of those things i can't wait to watch it with my kids and like pause it and be like well let me tell you about the night <laughs> of course I, was, yeah. love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love i love travis's line about like so does the way that i feel about the rolling stones the way that <laughs> oh that's right gonna feel right. about nine inch oh, yeah. nails i thought that was a great yeah, like that was so funny <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so i was thinking for our final thoughts rating since it's a rom-com and you know like there's all these 
rom-coms are built on the formula. You don't stray from them. They're like a warm blanket that you wear on a cold day, uh, which in Texas doesn't happen very often. It was like 70 <laughs> degrees today. But back right. when I was in the Midwest, um, it, it used to be cold. It all builds up to the kiss. So I was just going to kind of get your all of your guys' final thoughts on um, the kiss. I And, of course, I didn't really think about, like, a good – uh, measure to use can you guys think of like oh like from uh from like um cold fish to um hot pancake, <laughs> hot pancake. like the dumb and dumber yep. style kiss <laughs> the most romantic thing i could possibly imagine a yeah. hot pancake <laughs> uh yeah so with a food-based uh kissing measurement okay what did you think about the final kiss starting with toby I thought it was great. I mean, um, you know, they played it up. They 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 leaned in. <laughs> there was a lot of leaning. There was the follow up kiss to just yep. seal the deal, and then there was the third kiss after the wedding or at the wedding that was like a big tongue lashing kiss. So <laughs> give it, give yeah, it yeah. Uh, two pancakes. You want <laughs> you want a lashing? Wow, the word lashing to be the descriptor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For the kiss, otherwise, <laughs> does it even count? You want to kiss? You want to kiss? Sort of like snakes, how they kind of like mm. move their tongue in and out, like really rapidly. That's what yeah. you're going for. The one where like the the frames per second matters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yeah, if you've seen this in 120 fp, it's I mean it's insane. Yeah. Uh, how, how about you, Cameron? Uh, I would say I have the same issue with the kiss here that I do seeing any comedy people try to have like a romantic kiss, which is that I can't take it seriously. I knew I know Paul Rudd too well. That's the issue. Mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. It's like I can't take Adam Scott whenever he has like a kiss and it's supposed to be romantic. I I just it's like no, you're you're just Ben from Parks and Rec. I just can't. I can't accept this as romantic. But it was very sweet and it was a very sweet moment. So I'm I'm gonna go about seven on the uh let's say if we're if we're if we're going for cold fish being a zero and hot pancake being a 10 i'm gonna go a seven which is maybe like uh i don't know maybe like a like a lukewarm chicken fried steak <laughs> like maybe it's been sitting out for like 30 yeah. minutes it was in the microwave for like one minute and it has yeah, but like there is some heat in there like when yeah. you get a couple bites in there definitely is but like the closer you get to the middle the colder it gets you know mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> and they're still young it hasn't yeah. reheated reheated properly you know yep. uh-huh. <laughs> well, and, oh that's great london okay. yeah i'm very confused that whenever he went with the numbers for a second it confused me a lot but yeah, the chicken fried <laughs> he steak. brought it back, and now you yeah, understand. Yeah, okay. I, yep. I'm not really a decimal <laughs> system guy, but um, yeah, the I felt pretty similarly. Like I, I fairly pretty much ignored the kiss itself because Paul Rudd is very fixed in my mind who he is to some extent, and I've seen him do so many on screen kisses. But the lead up to it, which uh, you know, the the foreplay, so to speak was um so, so good so to speak the appetizers yeah uh-huh. <laughs> yeah that the build-up um is was great every time i thought yeah it's a very sweet moment mm-hmm. about you bob oh london hasn't given it a grade though oh sorry. oh sorry uh yeah <laughs> no, i think it might be a little bit better than <laughs> so it's like if 
Uh, no, I'm just trying to think. I know I, I go so far as to say pizza that's been uh, and, and not like a but like a store, but like a restaurant bought pizza, and so you've oh, you've reheated. Okay. Yeah, it's not like um, uh-huh. you know, Domino's or whatever. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, what are we pizza. what are we reheating it in? Is this microwave? Is this you're sticking in a toaster, toaster oven? oven. Uh, no, it's right. microwave. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah so there's that 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 moisture to it. So, um, yeah. So it'd be uh, okay. What what's actually specific come to mind is a personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut. Uh, one of those mm. slices reheated, so it's pretty good, but it's not reheated yeah. enough. Like yeah. you, def- you notice a bite <laughs> right, in, right, right, right. Like no, yeah, this Jesus just not. Yeah. And then you're th- there's a debate: do I put it back in or do I just need it? Right. Um. Yep. Yeah. Of course, you keep eating it. Yeah, of course. Well, yep. I'd have to oh, just thinking about the work there. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then I think for myself, um. You know, you guys had a bunch of great points. Um, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I think it's more of like French fries for me. Fresh Ooh, French fresh fries. Ones. Oh, wow. Yeah. Fresh. That's Coming really out. Great. From where? Yeah. I think they nailed it. Um, <laughs> right. French fries I would from say, where? Decides this. Oh. Oh, yeah. Like, that's we're right. talking McDonald's um, level? So I would say, are we talking Chick fil A? Ooh. Are we talking. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Sonic? Did you, no, did that's you train okay. your <laughs> dog to bark when you say Chick fil A? <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> Yeah, I think from a reputable uh, fast food restaurant, say like In and Out, mm. something like that. We're not talking about um, something like that. So I, it's pretty tasty, a little bit crunchy on the outside, soft on the inside, mm, but not perfect. as good as those old school McDonald's fries no. where yeah. they used to okay. fry it in lard. Oh, yeah. You know, gotcha. Good fry. Yeah, yeah, I see the difference there. Um, yeah because i thought it was i thought it was pretty uh cute how they were like their heads were kind of doing that kind of the the mambo like you're talking about the like like snakes you know like like, i'm going in she's not coming away i I keep on going in again and then like and then strike yeah you know yeah um and they had and i i really liked how they framed that shot like it was it was definitely you know they're on that staircase it looked good and all that kind of stuff and so yeah Mm -hmm um a big fan overall so we are at the end of the show london cameron thank you so much for being on today i had a great time of course thank you for uh, having we, us. i did too thank you yeah thank you for having us um you the door is always open um toby and i are going to be going through um different genres uh february is going to be frank Oz february um nice march i, I think it's up in the up in the air I think it's either going to be martial arts march or monster march. Uh, mm. March. Mm-hmm. We might have to vote on that. Mm-hmm. I would. I would say then, there's an October often also involves monsters. Uh, oh, I don't know if, how far ahead right. you're thinking in terms of that. So mm-hmm. martial arts does seem uh, well. Well, we had yeah. October reserved for octopuses. Mm. <laughs> yeah, octopus, yeah. Right. Yeah. Octopus based <laughs> movies. That's so the favorite like genre for me. Finding Dory. Yep, octopusy. Yeah, yeah. there's like two. Um, <laughs> so but, shark versus mom. octopus is that, or mega shark versus? <laughs> oh yeah, it was like yeah, mega shark. Oh, what yeah. is that? What is the name of that movie? Mega yeah. shark versus mega it's, it's octopus. Something... I can't yeah. see that, but it's got to be close to that. <laughs> it, it might be that. <laughs> well, we'll figure it out, and when we do, we will let you guys know. And you are Thank welcome you. anytime yeah. that you would like come on a Sunday, watch a movie, have some fun. Um, thank you so much for doing this, London and London and Cameron. 
Thank you for listening to the Aging History Rewatch. The show is produced by Bob Serrano and Toby Crines, edited by Bob Serrano. The intro song was written and performed by Ryan Reed. You can follow along on the Aging Hipster Network Facebook page for updates. Thank you and whatever. <laughs> <laughs>